We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. <laughs> How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri. I'm already losing my mind with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. What? I can't keep a straight face when I pod with you anymore. What is it? Uh, Benji Reynolds. Hello, Benji. Cheers. Playoff mode is activated. Cheers. A little drinking. We're in the grind. We're in the grind out here. Yeah. Um, man, there's like so many things I want to talk about. And yet at the same time, I feel like the I don't remember it being this way for the series two years ago, maybe because most we were mostly losing, but like there's so much talking about there was so much preparation going into the series such that we knew or we thought we knew exactly what we were gonna see, and then they played game one, and we kinda oh let's that's a good as place as good a place to start as any did we see what we figured we were gonna see for the most part did any, did anything shock you maybe that's a better way to ask it. Did anything shock me? Or even no. mildly surprise you? I, don't, I mean, nothing I, you know. shocked me at all. I thought, if anything, mildly surprised me. It was that the Nick centers in Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein were in drop a little more frequently than I thought they would be. Um, because what they, you know, the fours blitzed, you know, Randall and Toppin were all the way up at the level and, and beyond, basically doubling. Oh my God, Mitch, and Hart, Mitch and Hartenstein kind of stayed in a bit of a drop, and I thought that was interesting. I kind of get it, and now that I've watched it and seen it happen, but that was the only thing because I thought they'd be super aggressive no matter where the screens came from on Garland and Mitchell. Otherwise, pretty much what we all expected, I think. It, we're already going to get into the weeds. Is the difference merely that this is, I mean, if this is basketball 101 please yell at me but like it's because the centers are the rim protectors and you want them closer to the rim or does it not matter at that point when you're dealing with a high pick and roll like why would the centers not come all the way out and the and the fours would yeah so i not not in i don't think in the way that you're asking it or the way you're suggesting i don't think it's because they want the centers closer to the rim when they are the ones guarding the screen i think it's because they're more comfortable Blitzing a pick and roll, allowing the slip pass when they have Mitch and Hartenstein behind, right? So if it's Randall's man That's, screening, if okay. it's Obi's no, man screening, and yeah. they blitz the screener, 
They, they okay. blitz the ball handler. The ball gets to Mobley. How many times do we see that play where now Mobley's going downhill, but he's going downhill against Mitch or Isaiah Hartenstein? That's not so easy. But if it was Jared Allen catching at the foul line on Randall protecting the rim, well, now maybe we're in a little bit of trouble. So I think that was the gambit by Tibbs was to say, we'll allow a couple pull-up threes here. We'll try to get our centers as close to the level as we can, but we don't want to all-out blitz because then we're, we're left behind with non-rim protectors um, near the basket. I think that was the the logic. I think it mostly worked. I mean, they gave up less than all. What did they give up? 101, 99. What was the final score? 97? I can't remember. Anymore. 97, which yeah. uh, I went and looked it up. It tied for the sixth fewest points that Cleveland has scored all year. Wow. Um, of course, <laughs> the, yeah. Well, of course, the, the lowest they scored all year was the, the rock fight back in, in December. <laughs> was, I think they or we we only scored I think ninety two or something. I was I was at that like game and were you? Mitchell, <laughs> yeah, Mitchell and Garland got all sorts of looks that night and just they didn't make anything. Yeah. It was it was just brutal shooting. But um, yeah, that's ninety seven points. You can't really argue with the strategy. I think it it overall worked. You're going to concede a couple pull up threes that you don't necessarily want to, but I think overall you can if if you're good enough, if you're Grimes and you're Josh Hart. We'll talk about it in a second. And you can pursue from behind well enough. You can contest well enough. You can live with it in spots um, and kind of so that you always feel like you have the rim protection that you're looking for. Well, let's get the hard part of it out of the way because I I don't... Uh, I mean, maybe there's more to talk about than I anticipate. I just... I don't know what there is to say other than we'll, we'll just say that he is doubtful. Um, I, I don't... I mean, who the hell knows if he's going to play... He played thirty. What did he play? Thirty-one minutes, thirty-two, whatever. He, he, he always plays over thirty minutes. He played over thirty minutes the other night. Um, Deuce McBride, assuming he gets a chance, will will not be playing thirty minutes. He will be playing. I don't know, eight minutes, eleven minutes, twelve minutes, something along those lines. So it will be incumbent upon the other um, Nick Wings to pick up uh, the slack. I, I don't, we don't need to talk about what the Knicks would be losing if they didn't have Josh Hart. I think that's pretty obvious. Do you, I'll, I'll ask you, do you anticipate any significant changes to their approach? If Hart doesn't play like what, maybe something we should be on the lookout for if he, if he can't give it a go. Well, I think you lose obviously the rebounding and you lose the transition threat and then just like the cojones, (laughs) 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 which, which are which you know? I mean, he showed it. He showed it. <laughs> there's a, there's significant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's your wine. Um, he, uh, yeah, you miss all that. Uh, he showed it all in space over the course of that game. I, I think Deuce's point of attack defense will actually be very valuable in whatever minutes that he gets. And I will say, watching all those minutes from the four games, Deuce, I think, got significant minutes in at least two of them, and was frankly fantastic. In every single minute that he played against Cleveland, it happens to be a really favorable matchup for him because his best strength is point of attack defense. And they have two guys who are very difficult at the point of attack to guard. So I, in that sense, it's, you're losing all of what we just talked about with Josh Hart. Um, but you're gaining, I do think you're gaining something. Not that Josh Hart is, is bad at the point of attack, but this is Deuce's specialty. Now it's a playoff game. Does he, you know, is he ready for it? Is he going to foul, you know, a little bit over eager? I think yeah. that's all on the table. Yeah. But I think just kind of theoretically, um, Deuce is a good option to have. Now, what I wonder, because you're right that Deuce is not playing 
25 minutes in this game or 20. He's playing probably 10. Yeah. Is so Grimes gets the assignment on Mitchell. Mitchell played over 40 minutes. Grimes isn't, I don't think, going to play over 40 minutes. So who guards Mitchell when Grimes is not on the floor? Unless you divide the minutes perfectly, like I don't know if you have any good options there because IQ. I was about to say. IQ in that in the one game where they kind of force switches, he he was beat pretty bad by Mitchell. Doesn't quite have the strength or the burst, I think, to handle Mitchell in that one-on-one matchup. Not that he, you know, you could probably get by, but it's not ideal. RJ doesn't have the foot speed, you know. So is there, you know, or if let's say Grimes gets in foul trouble or whatever, like is you know having heart to to take on that assignment and feel pretty good about and you know feel pretty good about that matchup. I think you're losing that security. Um, but you know, I think feeling you know the minutes will be filled by Grimes and IQ getting more minutes. They were they were pretty limited in the first game in terms of their minutes, and I think offensively you should be fine, other than you know their offensive rebounding piece. But then you rely on your centers and Julius to kind of beat beat them up on the offensive boards. So a lot goes into it. You lose the the player that's made this team, you know, who turned this team from like a decent team to a really good one, um, and so it's a big deal if he doesn't play. But I do think there are some ways yeah. they can they can compensate for it. Yeah. Yeah, and one thing that I was thinking about, um, so I was looking at Randall's substitution pattern, which kind of came out of the blue yeah. for, for me. I don't, I don't know that anybody was expecting this. And I have a theory, and I, it's, what are we sitting here recording? It's 9.55. I really hope you don't blow this theory to shreds, because otherwise I'm going to have to rewrite half of my newsletter for tomorrow, which I'd rather not <laughs> do. But here's my theory. <laughs> um. Pulling Julius early, and which he did to the point of I, I, I thought it was like I was seeing something on the screen when Julius went to the bench, or at the very least, initially it was like, oh, this must be an injury related thing. But then you look up at the end of the game and he played thirty four minutes, and it's like, well, maybe maybe it's not a minutes li- limit thing. Here's my theory: pulling Julius early and then putting him back in when he did, and then having him essentially do three stints in the first half allowed Julius to be on the floor when Jared Allen was not on the floor and the only big in the game was Evan Mobley. And that is like, all right, not, we, we're going to try to out physical you for, for all 48 minutes, but we're really going to try to bring it to you, especially, you know, egregiously during this time. If Deuce and Deuce, it lines up that he would play those minutes. So uh, this is a very long way of saying if you have Randall on the floor and you have, um, uh, at least one of RJ or quickly. You know, obviously those guys need to play better. We could talk about that. If you have those as well, it kind of mitigates having Deuce who's like, you know, say what you want about his offensive growth this year. He's not someone they're going to rely on for offense. So like it, it seems to configure pretty well. So I'll, yeah. What do you think? I like that. I agree with you on the theory and I don't know if there was stamina or injury related concerns that as to why they kind of went yeah. that way. Could be part of it or not. Um, but I definitely agree that it was effective in the sense that you got Julius on the floor when they were playing those small lineups with Mobley at the five and you got Ju- you, you allowed Julius to operate a little bit without Mobley on him, which yeah. he took advantage of Dean Wade in that first half was on him. And he, and that was when Julius kind of really got going. So yeah, I agree. I think that was the strategy. I think kind of allowing Randall and then when having Randall on the floor when Brunson was out as well to kind of be the hub of the offense, I think was all part of the strategy and really smart and an adjustment that I also was surprised by and, and kind of glad that Tibbs 
Tibbs went with. Um, I don't remember if there were minutes where RJ kind of was the only starter. But I yeah, feel like I it, don't. Th- I well, there, like so there were, the there were. There were minutes. So I, I did the math. There were something like seven or seven and a half minutes in the first half where both Randall and Brunson were off the floor. Now, that I think was far more a function of Jalen Brunson getting in foul trouble because yes. in the second half, there were 19 seconds when, when neither player was on the floor. So I would guess moving forward in a perfect world that Tibbs will always have one of Brunson or, or Randall on the court. Yeah, that's, um, something, that's not something we discussed but, you know, on our preview pod was that I don't think RJ is going to have those opportunities to lead the bench unit. I thought it was going to be Brunson leading the bench unit. No. Um, and I think that would have been the case in the first half as well. And now he's also has, has these Randall leading the bench unit minutes by pulling him early. So I think those are all kind of, that all goes into it. I, I didn't think he was going to have those RJ led units play significant minutes in this series. Yeah. Um, well, let, let's keep the focus there for a minute. Cause I think it, it, after game one, much of the focus has been on what New York's defense did to try to, stymie Cleveland's offense and not much the other way around um, because the Knicks kind of just do what they always do and they out physical you and, and they and they bully balled their way to 11 offensive rebounds after halftime and uh, they did something else which they did all year which is not shoot the ball particularly well <laughs> did you <laughs> I mean yeah do you is this just a matter of like and I'm, I'm going to leave the crunch time thing aside because you did a great video on that. And I would employ everybody listening to this. If you have not watched Benji's uh, video on their crunch time offense and, th- and some things they could do to adjust that, um, go watch it. But that's its own thing. I feel like let's just focus on the majority of the game. Is this just a matter of like make shots play a little slower and quickly case and just like be better? Or did you see anything again schematically that you think like, okay, the Knicks either have to be worried about this on offense moving forward or they could easily change this. Like, what do you, what do you think they do on, on offense moving forward? Yeah, I think it was pretty much what you expected. Like it's going to rely a ton on Brunson and Randall shot making, especially Brunson. It's a lot of guard to guard screens, trying to bring Mitchell and Garland into the action and playing off of that. Um, I think they can do a little bit of a better job and, and I focused on it in crunch time, but there were areas over the course of the game where they didn't do this very well of making sure that those guard to guard screens um, yield fruit. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 right, right. And specifically that they operate in space. Mm. Right. So, like, otherwise, what ends up happening often is Brunson just ends up attacking the initial guy because they hedge and recover. And now you just have less time. So, it's not, it doesn't really help you unless you actually do something about it and, and, and enforce the action a bit, whether it's Brunson attacking early and trying to get them off balance, whether it's finding the slip pass or finding, but I, I, overall, I really do think it's just about Grimes and quickly playing better. Um, I think those were the two, like everyone else I felt like were pretty much at expectations, if not exceeding expectations, they all did their jobs. I thought quickly was a sh- like, not a, sh- what's well, not a shell of himself. He was just, he was clearly just on two times speed. It, that whole it was just the first four minutes. Cause yeah. all it was in the first four minutes. He was, I went through it in the first four minutes. He was on the floor. All three turnovers happened and three yep. of the missed shots happened. And he even missed the free throw. Yeah. Yep. It was just a lot of rushed force stuff against the defense. That's really long and you have to be a little bit cautious about what you do, but also they missed some good looks. And I feel like just maybe a, you know, a settling in 
uh, you know, for Grimes, it's his first playoff game. Quickly, obviously, had the had the series two years ago where he got some experience, but they're they're very young players who I think um, just need to settle in. I think those two guys just being better, and I th- I think getting Grimes more opportunities, like quick swings when when a guy's shots, playing yeah. even slightly off of him, like we need to get that guy more shots. He loosens up a defense for us, and like how many times we saw Brunson like basically. A one-on-one on top of the key with three guys looking at him. If Grimes is in one of those corners and one pass away, like just get him the ball, let him attack or shoot. Um, I think that will help and kind of loosen things up. I think they can utilize Quentin Grimes a lot better. And I think he's going to be an important guy in the series going forward, especially if Josh Hart is limited or doesn't play well, at all. That he's I mean, he's gonna be out on he's gonna be on the floor. I would be if Josh Hart doesn't go tomorrow, I would be utterly shocked if Quentin Grimes did not play. I mean, 30 minutes is the bare minimum. I would expect it to be probably closer to like 35. Um, well, let me also yeah, say like, one, more, one more thing on yeah. that. That was also like Mitchell Robinson, catch the ball and a finish. Like, <laughs> like catch the ball and finish, man. Like I, he played well. He was relentless on the boards. He did a good job, really good job defensively anchoring. But there were a few plays, man, where like, He's just butterfingers right now a little bit, and 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 he, he can't let anything go, and like you can't drop points when they're available against this defense. So like catch no. the ball and finish, be sure-handed with it. Yeah, that's why. Like I feel like there's been two camps coming off a of game one. There's the camp of like this game should have never been this close. We should have blown them out. Um, like you know, this is gonna. You will play better, and this is going to well, not everybody, but some people think it's going to be an easy series. And then there's the camp that I maybe it's just me, I might be the camp, the camp might be me, uh, where I'm like, we were lucky to win this game, uh, because like there were, like you said, there were some a, a few unforced errors, not a ton, but a few unforced errors. There was like they turned what did the Knicks turn it over 14 times now. To their credit, they did not allow the Cavs to um, capitalize on a lot of those turnovers, which has been an area of struggle for them all year. Um, and then ultimately, it comes down to the shooting, and that's what I was going to bring it back to, which is like everybody's like, okay, you know, New York's non-Josh Hart wings went, uh, what was it, three of uh, 21 from the floor. I think it's more appropriate to expand that to those three plus Randall and Brunson because Randall and Brunson got points, but neither of them were efficient. And if you put those five together, RJ quickly Grimes, uh, Randall and Brunson, they shot 32%. And that's, those are your five biggest guys on offense, you know, other than Josh Hart, like that's a really low number that I think will improve and like, and needs to improve. Right. Yeah, I'm just not sure you're going to see much improvement from Brunson and Randall, just in the sense that like... So that's fair, yes. They're going to be yeah. facing really... Again, it's a really tough defense with with good, you know, with with good... Like the guys on their initial assignments, Mobley and Okoro, are very t- or like two of the really good defenders in the NBA. <laughs> the whole defense is designed to take them away. Like I, I thought they both had good offensive games, despite not being their most efficient... Well- let me let me jump. I think the reason I put it all together is like if you are going to get those shooting numbers from them, which, as you say, is fine and you'll right. live with every day. Like then. Like that's the because those shooting numbers are low, that is the reason why the other shooting numbers should be higher, because theoretically, the opportunities for those guys should come off of the attention that Randall and Brunson are getting right. Uh, yeah, I, uh, totally. And I think that's why I, go, I think it comes back to quickly and, and Grimes because, well, 
Look, you, you haven't I, said his name. RJ hasn't made a three as as you painfully described to me. No, he made uh, one in the last pot. No, no, I'm saying like literally, like he's made. He's oh. been the worst three point shooter since January in basketball. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, well, he's going to make three catch and shoot threes next tomorrow because I think that's frankly against the evidence. Like we'll see. I hope he does, but I don't know. Um, Grimes and quickly have a track record now, and I think should make shots. I think they got some good looks yeah. that they missed. I thought Grimes was a little bit rushed which happens to him when the game has energy and stakes. Sometimes he's just a little bit rushed with his jumper. I think he's just got to settle in, but like, I think that's where the improvement comes in with those two guys with Mitch finishing better. And then God transition opportunities. Can we not be the worst transition team in the history of the world? Just throwing the ball away three on twos, two on ones, like basic transition execution is lacking. So let's like convert on the transition opportunities because we had a few of them that we didn't cash in. Um, I think that's going to be really important as well. What's up, Knicks fans? Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurants delivery just two minutes also eating vegan or veggie is a snap with factor each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't and if you're looking to mix it up you can add a protein to your vegan and veggie meals each week get factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle simply choose and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door don't hesitate head to factormeals.com slash film school 50 and use the code film school 50 to get 50 percent off your first box again that's factormeals.com slash film school 50 to get 50 percent off your first box factor america's number one ready-to-eat meal kit we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I guess turning trying to turn to the other side of the ball like you 
you jumped on. You were you were active on. I love when you're active on Twitter. So it was a better day when Benji Reynolds is active <laughs> on Twitter. Um, for you, you, you were you were focused more on like the attitude of Cleveland coming out of this game. Like like what what did you expect? Like this is who New York is. I'm more focused on people looking at like it seems coming off of game one that there is for my liking for my liking a little bit too much like oh man New York really has like they not have it figured out but like New York's in a great spot like they're they like Cleveland can't deal with them on the boards um you know the fact that Cleveland doesn't have a reliable fifth guy is like gonna like I'm much more in the camp of like we got game one and that was great and you know what we needed to get game one and this is what you pointed out we needed Josh Hart on one leg um, hitting a three that is like a fairly high degree of difficulty shot. And if he doesn't hit that shot, I don't know that we win that game. So I'm very much less like, you know, we're, we're, we're good guys. It's all good. And I'm at the same time. I, I do feel like we have some good stuff, you know, in the bag and like how we're, we're planning moving forward. Do you, so I guess this is what I'll ask. Do you foresee, any obvious or obvious way for Cleveland to improve or like something where you're like in game two, they're definitely going to come out and do this. And I, you know, and I think that it's going to, you know, yield some kind of better results or. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, first of all, we all kind of predicted the strategy of forcing, you know, funneling the basketball to Cleveland's bad shooters. The Knicks did it to an extreme. They executed. I want, you know, they executed it so well like they really really executed the defensive game plan um as well as they could have i thought i was really impressed with just the de- attention to detail that all the guys on the floor had i thought it was fantastic um that said like uh, the cleveland shooters are bad but doesn't mean that they're all going to miss all their threes again like okoro yeah. we've talked about a lot like okoro makes the first two tomorrow night which is not out of the question like okay well now the equation changes different a bit, right yeah. so and I, and I should add that Okoro, it was his first game back in a long time. Like, he hasn't played. So, um, that should be taken into account. He's getting into a rhythm as well. So, it, it, yeah, I mean, Cleveland can make more shots. They had plenty of good looks um, between between um, Okoro and, and Osman. Um, they're, the funny thing with Cleveland is they just, I don't know who they're going to play. Because they actually, like we talked about this before, I predict this before the pod. I don't think it's going to be consistent who plays for their, their their bench throughout the series. They tried Rubio and Wade in the first half, and then they went away from him in the second half and played all their guys 40-plus minutes. I'm not sure how sustainable that is. Maybe because there's, the games are so spaced out, it's sustainable. But it's, it seems like a lot of minutes for those guys. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think they'll be ready for that strategy. They'll be ready to attack it three-on-two going downhill. I think they'll call up the centers more often to screen because they know that they're going to play drop. Um, I'm sure they'll try to look at that a little bit more. I think Mobley, Mobley was really poor on the offensive side of the ball. I, I, I expect him to be yeah, somewhat 13. I expect him to be better um, and, and kind of be ready for those three on two opportunities that he's getting on the roll. Uh, maybe they stick Garland in a corner on those pick and rolls to try to get Garland in one of the corners as the shooter, which I think could hurt the Knicks. Um, there, there, I think there are strategic moves that Bickerstaff could make here now that he knows what the coverage is going to be. And the question is going to be, is, does Tibbs adjust back? Does he change things up? Or is this, is this what it's going to be for, for the next however many games? I think that's a test for Tibbs. Um, so we'll see from the coaching perspective what adjustments are made. But I, yeah, I think 
it's I think it is true. I think and I think the attitude coming out is true. Like we are more physical. The fact that Cleveland's like complaining about the physicality is weird to me, considering like it's very the first adjective you use about the Knicks all season long is physical. <laughs> so I, I'm like, I don't know why this took you by surprise. Um, but I think they'll be a little more ready for it. I think, but it is the case that the Knicks will beat them up on the boards. The stats back that up. Like, I think that's going to be a big challenge. Do they play Robin Lopez? I don't think that's out of the question. Instead really? Of those, instead of those Mobley at the five minutes, that's how long can you stay with it? If Mobley's getting beat up, I don't know. You know, if, if Rubio and Wade don't get back and I mean, Rubio particularly looked kind of, Washed to me. He, so, he looked a little washed. I, I don't know. Wade, you have Lamar Stevens, who has gotten some time over the course of the season. Maybe gives you a little more athleticism. We'll see how how Bickerstaff adjusts with that bench. But I think those are kind of the tactical moves I'd look at is like calling up the centers a little bit more often, maybe stationing Garland in the corner a little more often, or even Mitchell when Garland has the ball and calls up the, the four. Um, if they try to get those guys some corner threes, um, we'll see. I think. Yeah, I, I, I understand the attitude coming out for the Knicks fans being confident because I think there were, th- I thought the Knicks controlled the tenor of the game, even if it almost slipped away. Like I thought the Knicks imposed yes. their style yes. on Cleveland. I think that's what's really encouraging. But that, that also said, like Donovan Mitchell's terrifying. And <laughs> that's a fact. And he almost won that game for them in the fourth quarter by himself. Hey, so. I'll take everybody behind the scenes. So De- Dexter Henry, who does a fantastic job uh, with SNY, had me on uh, earlier today. And uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be revealing this, but he like sends me the three questions he's going to ask me ahead of time. And the first question was, you know, Jalen Brunson, like every, going into the series, you know, everybody thought like Donovan Mitchell was clearly the best player. Well, Jalen Brunson looked really good in the fourth quarter. Is, it, is there a chance that Jalen Brunson could be the best player? In the series, and I answered, I answered it in a tactful way, where I was like, "Yes, there is a chance that we come out of the series and think that Jalen Brunson was the best player in the series. There is certainly a chance that that happens, which I don't think is unfair." But like, Jalen Brunson was four nine in the fourth with a turnover that was maybe not a great turnover. Didn't no, have an assist. Terrible, terrible turnover. You don't try to split it. It, it was a bad. bad decision. I was trying bad to be. Decision. I was trying to be kind. Oof. Yeah, he he didn't have an assist. Um. Yeah, four four nine for for nine points. Donovan Mitchell in the fourth quarter, uh, not the most efficient fourteen points, but he still scored fourteen points in the in the fourth quarter. I think he was five of twelve from the field. He also had a steal, a block, and then there were several other instances where he he got three assists, but those were like those were not cheapy assists. Those were like all of the attention is on Donovan Mitchell, and and he's gonna so like he was as far as I'm concerned, he was responsible for twenty points in the fourth and. Like I, I'm sorry, I, I know. Sorry, Robert Cross. I know this bothers you when you hear me praise other teams' players, but he's that dude's just he's just really good. I I, I don't have much to add. That he's really yeah, good. and look, there were multiple times where the Knicks did everything right on defense, and he scored. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter, and that's that's the sign of a superstar, right? It's like you can do everything right, send a full double at him, he still makes a step back over you. Um, it did take him 30 shots to get to 38, yeah. so. Again, but like you said, with with that's with Randall and Brunson, like you're you're this is playoff basketball. It takes more shots. Basketball with two good defenses and 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 defenses that are that are paying close attention, know each other really well. I think I I think the Knicks are okay with that performance. Again, ninety seven points is ninety seven points. I think they feel good about their defense. I I just think it 
it's a question. I, I think they should stay committed if Okoro makes a couple threes. I think if if I agree. like I think you just stay with it because um, I don't think he wants to take a bunch. Um, and I think clogging those lanes is more important. The what there were a couple times where I thought Julius was just a little bit lazy or on on pull up threes that Mitchell got over him when he was called into the screen or when it was a screen the screener action and he was just behind the play and Mitchell was able to walk into a couple threes and he got to pay attention to that. Um, yeah. Be a little bit more attentive on those because you want to limit those opportunities. But I, I didn't. I thought the Knicks did a good job on him, and he just made a ton of tough shots for the most part. So, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, he's terrifying. I, I, I'm confident coming out of the game, but I'm certainly not. Um, I'm not, especially with the heart news. I'm not like. I don't think. I think this is a long series. Still, I, I thought it was a seven game series beforehand. I still think it's a seven game series now. I feel like. If the Knicks are going to win this series, we're going to like, so we got the Josh Hart game, right? Not to say that Josh Hart is not going to, first of all, I think he's, he'll, if he's out for this game, I think it's going to be one game. He'll be back on Friday. I mean, knock on wood. Um, But like, I think this was his game, right? I think if they're going to win this series in, if they get the meaning, they need three more wins. I think we're going to need a quickly game. And I think we're going to need maybe a Grimes game. Uh, maybe and you know, dare I say, maybe we're gonna need an RJ game, you know, or like, but like in every win, they're not gonna win games unless they get a third big performance. And I'm not talking about like Mitch. Like Mitch is gonna be there. Mitch is gonna do what Mitch does. Like the centers are gonna do what they do. Obi's gonna do what he does in the minutes that he gets. And like you hope that Brunson. Well, we go back to Obi and say we. Uh, yeah. You hope that Brunson and Randall are going to be at a certain baseline. But like uh, your 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 face lit up, but I think when I mentioned what Obi, yeah, I thought Obi was what I, I you know I, on one hand I kind of agree that he done does what he does. I thought he was particularly impactful, um, and I thought he did yeah. a good job of of making a real. Like, and we've talked about this over the course of the season, being able to make a big impact in tw- ten to fourteen minutes is not easy. Um, but he's able to do it, and I thought can getting out in transition uh, made a corner three. Um, I just thought was was really helpful to the team. I thought the bench played great. Even even with quickly having a bad game, I thought the bench played great. Um, and yeah. he had some defensive moments that weren't very good, but overall, like really good impact. But I, yeah, I think I think Brunson has the potential to like, and even Randall sometimes will go off. Like if he hit, if Randall makes six seven threes in a game, which he's done against Cleveland before, but like Brunson has a chance if he really gets going. To have one of his games where he like gets to forty or whatever, yeah. and it could, you could you could have a Brunson game where he wins you a game. Uh, but That's I think the, more yes, yeah. I, I think more likely what you're going to see though is these types of performances from Brunson and Randall, which is like a little bit volume based, but like necessarily so, and enough shot making, and um, I think turning it into a couple more assists here, and I think again that quick swing to Grimes is an important pass for them to start making. Um, I think will be will go a long way to keeping the efficiency up for the offense. It's going to be a grind. They're not going to score easy points in this series. Um, so it's no. going to be about, of course, the offensive rebounding, which they which they which they did in the first game. <laughs> Keep that up, obviously. Be relentless on the boards. Um, it's it, it, you, it's that kind of series, though, right? It's just a let, grind. Let's focus on it. I won't real quick, and then a couple more, and then we'll get out of here. The Cleveland. Saying all manner of things about oh we now we need no we need to be yeah spoiler alert you need to be <laughs> physical like th- this that the other thing I you can't 
to me, it seems very obvious. You can't like decide, oh, okay, well, now we're going to flip the switch. And now what, what, watch watch what we're going to do now. Now we're really like the, the Knicks are going to do what they're going to do. You can't really. How do you prevent them yeah. from doing what they do? I don't know. One of, one of the press, co- press conferences that got lost a little bit was um, with all the kind of like the con- quote unquote controversial statements or like whining kind of comments um, from Okoro and Garland and. Whatever else, uh, Allen talked about. No, so Jared. Uh, I was gonna say Jared Allen's presser. They asked him about the rebounding. He said, "Well, Mitchell Robinson's one of the best in the league at it. Josh Hart's great at it too. And like we have been pretty bad at rebounding for two years, so it's kind of just like a bad matchup." Like he basically, <laughs> you guys go look it up. That's no, I, I watched. That's basically right. what he said. I was like, "Oh, uh, that's not wrong." Which goes to your point, which is like yeah. right, maybe it's just that's just the way it is. Like there, look, we talked about it again before in the in the preview pod. It's us. The guards are really small. The bigs are really skinny, and the wings are bad rebounders. Like they just don't get any rebounds. I think Okoro yeah. had one. Uh, Osmond is not a rebounder. Like they just don't get rebounds. So it's yeah. That's that was always going to be a big inflection point in the series. And the Knicks made that. They won them the game in game one. Uh, I don't see it not being an advantage in game two. One thing I think Cleveland could flip is the turnovers. They actually had a, 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 a one more turnover than the Knicks. The Knicks it's, don't force. I thought they had two. Yeah, it's sixteen, right? Yeah. I thought I thought it was fourteen, thirteen, but I, I could be missing. Oh, maybe you're right. I don't know. Either way, they won the turnover battle, which is not something I expected because the Knicks don't force turnovers. The Cavs force a ton of turnovers. Yep. Um, and the Knicks were somehow. I think that that you got to be careful about and make sure. I think the Cavs might come out with more perimeter defensive intensity and really overplay and force the Knicks to go to second options, deny Brunson the ball. They did it in crunch time a little bit. I think you'll see a lot more of that um, and try to force other Knicks to beat them and um, really amp up the pressure. I think you definitely might see that. And based on Okoro's comments as well, I think you might see that a little bit more physical and just up in there in the Knicks perimeter players' grills. And I think. Being able to relieve that pressure and going back door and setting good screens and all that, all the little things become really important if that's the case. Yeah. I I mean, just like I don't know if this is the right way to think about it, but if you this is gonna be a weird side by side comparison, but if you take Mitchell, because Mitchell and Garland, like they were we talked about it. Like Mitchell was great, Garland was pretty good. You could say Garland could be could have been a little bit better, maybe with the pass because yeah, I think he only had one assist in the game or in the well, second they, half, they forced like the ball out of his hands. So it was like, well, he didn't really have much. Yeah. Of that was really the thing. Like they just didn't get the volume because the Knicks were just not really allowing him. I, I, I do think the Garland Allen screen and roll will be a more prominent part of the offense. So, I had and that was the next guy I was going to bring up is Allen, um, Allen or Mobley. Let's say Allen or Mobley, because you're not going to count on their top four, all four of them, you know, having really good games, but like, if you take three of their top four and you account for like, okay, those guys are going to have their usual good to very good games. And then on the flip side, you're like, okay, Brunson, Randall, and then the New York of it all, which is the offensive rebounds, maybe a little bit more free throws. If those two things can be at either a tie or a relative tie, then theoretically, New York's depth should win them the series because then if that if the if those three things on each side are at a tie, then like from the, there on out, I think New York has the advantage. And then I think what it may come down to, and I was thinking about this as I was watching the Suns game, 
against the Clippers in game one, what you want to hope doesn't happen if you're either team, and I guess this could be true of every most teams in the playoffs, you don't want to waste a game that like an unexpected game, like Torrey Craig went off for 20 something points and whatever he shot, like nine to 12 from the field. Like that's Torrey Craig exactly usually going to do that. So like, and the Suns, I mean, look, Suns are still a very good team. They're favorite and the whole thing, but like, they're probably not feeling great sitting here. Like, man, we got that game from Torrey Craig. We couldn't figure out a way to win it. Like you don't want uh, IQ to go off for 30 tomorrow and not win the game. Like you want to save that for a game where it's like everything else lines up and like you win that game, which is obviously you can't plan that, but it, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and and uh, it, the the Suns have that similar issue, and Craig kind of filled it where, yeah. uh, as Cleveland has, where it's like you know, and and the, uh, we'll wait till the postscript of this series to talk about. Uh, there's a lot. It's an interesting. The superstar, the he- superstar heavy rosters have this problem more than the ones that don't have like the true superstars yep. have, which is like who's the fifth guy, and like how do we fill it in, and like the Suns have that same issue where they have zero bench. Nobody could produce for them off their bench last night. Oh, my God. Craig started and had a great game, and he's probably not going to have that game again. So you're not going to like where are the contributions coming from outside of your big four. It's, it's actually a very similar problem to what Cleveland is facing. And like who's going to play on any given night? They don't even know who's going to plug in those holes. Um, and I think that's going to be really interesting to monitor as the as both series go on. Um, but I totally agreed. I think. I feel like there's going to be a big Grimes game. I just do. And I, I quickly can't play worse. Like. God, no, quick's, been, quick's been excellent. Quick's been excellent all year. Like, there's no reason to think that he's not going to have a much, much better game. And that I feel good about that. Like, I feel like we're going to get one of those quick runs where he pushes a lead from five to fifteen in, in just a couple of minutes. And yeah, a hundred percent. You don't want to waste that. If you get that kind of game from one of your role players, it's important to kind of cash in the win for sure. Yeah. Um. Completely agree. All right. Uh, Andrew's not, uh, I don't think he's actively watching, so I could sneak in one before I let you go. Give me one, uh, give me one thought. Uh, not, uh, oh, damn it. Andrew's watching. Well, let's <laughs> hope he, hope he doesn't cut us off. Give me one thought, not about the Knicks and the Cavs from this, from this weekend. Anything, anything you find interesting. Ooh. Or that you're wondering about moving forward. Who do you think should be the title I mean, favorite, I, maybe, or anything? I, the, uh, the, the the shot making in the fourth quarter of that Sacramento Golden State game oh. was like truly a joy to watch and like an experience. I was like <laughs> uplifted by watching that perform. Like it was, and like if you like if you sat like Charlie Ward down in 1995 <laughs> and like said watch what what watch this. <laughs> They'd be like, "What the hell are these?" Like, I gotta find doing? a new job. Like, <laughs> what? I mean, the 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 high octane nature of those offenses and how fast they go and how the shot making—it's pretty—it's pretty spectacular. Like that series is just gonna be a blast. It's like sensory overload watching those offenses play. So I, that's what stood out to me. And there were some great games, but that that is the one that that game for game one. Those two teams matched up was pretty special. I and we should say as as we're finishing recording right now, the, the game two of Warriors Kings is on. Uh, the Warriors are up fourteen to eight. I was really happy the Kings won that game because I felt like if the Warriors had won it, there is at least be be a chance that that would be a short series. And now Kings won the game. I feel like it 
increases the chances that it's a longer series, which is great because we want more of these games between these two teams. And then um, getting ahead of myself, but thinking to the winner of this will play. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens with John Morant and Memphis. I don't want to, I never want to count Memphis out, but like the prospect of one of these two teams, whether it's the Kings with the history with the Lakers or the Warriors, I mean, you know, what's better than Steph Curry versus LeBron James? Like either, either one of those would be for me, a yeah. lot of fun. I mean, the West all year has kind of been the craziest conference that I can remember. Oh my God. Where you had these like insane. three or four teams at the bottom of the playoff race that you know, everyone thought could win the championship. But I just don't remember, not everyone, but I just don't remember anything like it where like the, the, the top seeds were kind of dismissed and the bottom seeds were like, well, if they get it together, it's like, yeah, it's just kind of odd. Um, and look, the East got interesting. I, I, it sounds mm. like Giannis is going to be fine. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, look, he's an alien. He's probably, I don't, he's probably fine. But um, look, Bucks losing game one. I don't have any reason to think they're going to lose that series. Miami is always <laughs> going to be tough. And they're always going to, it's not going to, I feel like it's just not going less than six because they're Miami and they're just a pain. And Jimmy Butler's a god in the playoffs. But that's the thing. It's like if you're the Bucks. I know it's only one. Game. Look, they, the Bucks go in the next four games by twenty points a pop. But like, I don't know. And I'm Mister. Why can't I? Why can't I quit the Heat? But like, they they took that game. It's Jimmy Butler. You figure they're going to figure out a way to get at least one more, maybe two more, if they, you know. And then it's like there's a trickle down effect because then who does Milwaukee play in the next round? Well, they're going to play one of these two teams that we just talked about for for this entire episode, and like. They'll probably win that series, but like that's not going to be fun. And then all of a sudden, you're you're maybe dragging your feet a little bit heading into a conference finals against a either Boston or Philly. And yeah, it's they just got they got the short end of the stick, man, with the way that whole the fact that Miami lost to Atlanta. Um, yeah, right. Play. It's just 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 not what they wanted. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Boston. I think probably. I I I, I think Boston and Philly might both sweep. Um. It wouldn't surprise me at all. The Bucks yeah. are going to go through the ringer here in this series. And I think that's interesting uh, depending on what happens with Cleveland and New York, but it's kind of all, you know, this is what happens in the playoffs an injury here or there and everything is clipped upside down. We'll see how it goes, but definitely a lot. It's as really entertaining first round with some of the things going on. And uh, so especially in the West, just the series are unbelievable. I think, I think now that Miami Milwaukee is kind of a series and certainly I think the Cleveland New York series is going to continue to be great and intense and yep. a grind, just like the opposite of the golden state Sacramento where it's like yeah. threes are flying. And uh, this is just going to be a grinded out call up the worst defender, try to get some decent traction. How many points can we score in isolation kind of series, which is both fun and terrifying and exciting all at once. Well, it's terrifying because you know, we had one game where it came down to literally the last four seconds. Um, I have a feeling it will not be the last game that comes down to the wire, which, yes, is a terrifying thought, but we will uh, be here for all of it. Uh, Benji Ritholtz, you're amazing. Anything else before we go? You want to say? I don't think so. I don't think so. We're just going to keep talking about this series. Like it's, uh, we, got, we got content coming out. At a historic rate at Nick's Film School right now. It's just where at a prodigious rate. Prodigious rate. Volume shooting right now. I hope quality. Oh my God, too. yes. We're shooting it's, it like Donovan uh, Mitchell. 30 shots. Easy. I don't know. I saw Andrew was on before he looked exhausted. Get some sleep, Andrew. You too, John. I when whenever the Nick I hope it's not for 
two months or however long the finals last. Uh, when this when this next season is over, we'll do our. I'll do my however many recap, you know, season ending pods, and then I'm gonna sleep for a week. <laughs> I'm gonna get out of bed, man. He also, I don't know, Claudio's got the Rangers playoffs and the Mets podcast. Man, woo! Claudio's, yeah, no, Claudio, Claudio's in it right now. All right, that's enough. Uh, oh, he's back. He's, he's actually we're proud, of, we're proud of you, GMAC. We're proud of you. Thanks. I'm like in the middle of research. The Mets are in the second inning. So, oh, great. You got to, even on the <laughs> nights the Knicks aren't playing, you have a late Mets game. Congratulations Bingo. to you. Shout out to baseball for scheduling uh, the Mets on the West Coast. So this tomorrow, week. tomorrow you got Rangers at seven, Knicks 730, and the Mets trifecta. Exactly. Oh. Yes. And yes, Jeremy Goldstein, it's the Ranger game tomorrow night, not the Devils game. Amen. The rest are they of playing us. each other? Yes, yes Rangers sir. Devils first round. Oh wow! It's, isn't that is that a big deal? That's a very big deal. Rangers I mean, and Devils. I remember is what like, was a big deal in the nineties. Is like what would the 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 Knicks version of that be? Would that be Knicks Celtics? Celtics? Nets. Knicks no Knicks no. Nets is Rangers Islanders. No, no, it's not. It's not because it's actually not because the Nets there's... don't know. Yeah, the Nets don't have that kind of cachet. Like it's. Gotta be honest, That's Benji. The thing. Maybe, Isn't that why I don't know? Benji, well, maybe the Islanders have a history. There is, but we agree with this. Rangers, Devils is like Nick's Heat. Rangers, Devils. There's like a long Knicks history Knicks. of playoff matchups between the Rangers and Devils, I, especially in like winner goes to the finals. True story. True yeah. Story. The last time, well, one of the last two times the Rangers were in the finals, they beat the Devils. Is that legendary series in '94? And then 2012 was it? 2011. I remember that. That the Rangers won the President's Trophy, and then the Devils beat them in the conference finals. Yep. Yeah. Hockey. hockey. I know as much about hockey, hockey. as Mike Francesa. All right, um, <laughs> Benji, you're amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, fellas, we'll be talking. Talk yes, we will. Uh, for for Benji and GMAC, I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode of the Next Film School podcast. We will be back with more fun and <laughs> games before you know it. Sorry, Daniel yes. Vogelback just hit a home Let's run and Knicks. I forgot my mic Got was on. Sorry. Hi, <laughs> everybody. Talk to you later. There you go. Let's go Knicks. Get other other big other New York teams that were blue and orange. Except the hockey one. Get well, Josh Hart. Get yes, well, Josh get Hart. well. Hart. All the religions are praying for you. <laughs> Has this podcast ended yet? <laughs> Probably. Somewhere in there there's an ending. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs>